All right, guys, welcome to episode 14 of the Big Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Wickets, with the news champion of the Big Ten Tournament, Miss Sam Carey. How are you doing, Sam? How are you feeling? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've just decided that fate is lining up in our favor. And, like, listen, I know I'm no statistician, and I know there's a whole, like, correlation doesn't equal causation, but the two hosts of the Big Life podcast happen to be 2023 Big Ten champions. And I just, I think there has to be some causation in there, babes. That's what I'm saying. I mean, we got to get some better, like some guests on here. Like people should be pouring in wanting to be on this podcast. We just breed success, I guess, you know? I mean, apparently there's something we do. There's a little bit of just good juju every time we get to hang out and chat and I don't know. Dreams are coming true. So it, it's been absolutely unreal. I am on a high. I also understand that work now needs to be done as well. But yeah, no, it, it was a crazy week. That is for sure. Absolutely. So let's get into it a little bit more. You were crying on the field, you know, a week ago, thinking your season and your career was going to be over, Um, you know, at the Martin Stadium. And then you, by the skin of your teeth, you make it eighth seed in the Big Ten tournament, go on to then have three upsets against drink teams in one week, back to back to back for, you know, repeat of history in the Big Ten tournament title. Like, what is what is that like? Like, how do you, are you still processing? Have you figured it out? If so, tell me your secrets. Nothing that has happened, I think, in the last 48 hours has really hit me yet. Um, I, like, I remember when the final whistle blew against Wisconsin that I just, I stood there. I was like, there's, I haven't processed any of this. And like, it is pouring in, frankly, at this point, like people are finally getting to what I've been saying for the last 14 weeks about the Iowa Hawkeyes. But I mean, it started with winning our second ever big 10 tournament title yesterday, which is incredible. And frankly, like we were joking in the sense of like, our goal this whole year has been the NCAA tournament. Like we wanted to be back in the NCAA tournament. We wanted to be there. I don't know that it truly crossed all of our minds that we were going to get the auto bid by winning the big 10 tournament again. That wasn't really that trajectory that any of our minds went to. And, you know, it just kind of through all that work happened in a long way. Um, But on top of that, you know, rankings come out most Mondays. And I think, uh, highest ranking I saw today for Iowa soccer is 14. That is the highest ranking in Iowa soccer history. It's the first, our highest before that was being ranked 19 in 2019. So being ranked 14th by college soccer news and 17th by top door soccer is history there. And then today the NCAA tournament drops and we, we kind of thought if we had a win yesterday that we could do it today. And sure enough, not only were we at the auto bid, but we, for the first time in program history, are seated in the NCAA tournament and are playing again. So, like, literally four weeks ago, I talk about on this podcast, me ugly crying on the field. Like, it's my last time playing on the Iowa soccer field. And apparently that was just really embarrassing because it wasn't. So, there's a lot happening right now. No, I mean, not only did you guys pull it off and get the auto bid, you were ranked your fifth seed in the NCAA tournament. You're hosting a game. Like, how was that hearing your name be called and being called so high and knowing that now not only did you make the tournament, which has been the goal of this whole season, but you're going to have your game on your field. Once again, you know, you were all upset that you last time hosting. Uh, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. You ugly cried then. And I guess you were just wrong all season. Dude, apparently it's like, I just need to stop ugly crying because it's making like each moment more and more embarrassing when I ugly cry. No, I mean... I was expecting, like I said, we kind of thought we had a shot at hosting, but I thought that would be like us getting an eight seed. So, you know, when you're going down the list, you're hearing names called. And like, frankly, like our coach is a little mad. He's like, you guys didn't have that big of a reaction. We're like, well, we knew our name was getting called because we won. And so it's just a matter of like when. But when they said five seed Iowa, that was that was pretty shocking to me. And just being like, oh, oh, my God. Like, frankly, put we were projected to finish 10th in the big 10 this year. We finished eighth by the skin of our teeth. Like there's no sugarcoating that. Like we were in that tournament eight seed by the skin of our teeth. And to be getting the same seed as y'all who won the conference is pretty weird. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. So I mean, it's exciting, but also, you know, like as our future guests in this episode will refer to like, 
seems also don't mean anything anymore besides where the game's being played. So there is a level of severity as much as like, I think everyone in the Iowa soccer program is kind of on a high right now. Tomorrow the work starts being done. Um, but we've definitely, we've let ourselves live in the high a little bit because I think that'd be too big of a moment to miss if, if we didn't. Absolutely. I mean, you got to celebrate those moments as they come because how often does that happen? Apparently in your career twice. Apparently twice. Oh. That's like, I, that hasn't hit me. And I mean, some of the stuff that I keep finding out, like after we upset Penn State, which for those who don't know, happened in overtime, which was dramatic in itself. We were the first ever eight seed to make it to the championship since 2005. And I think we were like in the locker room after the game, like celebrating, doing whatever. And I said that out loud because I saw it on Twitter and I was like, oh my God, like we're the first ever eight seed to make it to the championship since 2005. And our freshman turned around and goes, I was born in 2005. And I was like, that's not a real year. Like, that's horrifying. Um, so me in the seventh year, we're like, oh, God, all right, we got to go. Um, this is getting bad. bro. <laughs> so that was bad enough. And then in Big Ten soccer history, we're the first ever eight seed to win the whole thing. So, I mean, it, it's just it's the Iowa way of doing things, apparently, which I haven't quite figured out why. But we love we love this little extra finesse. Yeah, I think you just have to make it all the way so that uh, our favorite person right now, Mr. Dean Linky, could uh, shout out the podcast a little bit and give you some props. I got to talk about it, Sam. Um, I've heard about it so many times. If you want to go head over to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, me and Sam were over on there, had a full conversation with Mr. Dean Linky. You were, were a Girl Scout. <laughs> I got to talk about it because apparently I'm the only person in the entire world who didn't know this. And I'm a little upset at you for hiding it. So give us the rundown. Okay, we got to like insert Girl Scout Sam Carey photo right here. Yes, I was a 13 year Girl Scout, uh, kindergarten through senior in high school. And then I've like continued that. So I'm technically a lifelong member of Girl Scouts. Um, Troop 492 forever. Um, <laughs> okay, so it all started out like my family is a scouting family. My dad got his Eagle Scout. My dad was my brother's Boy Scout troop leader. And my mom was my Girl Scout troop leader. It was just something I did in kindergarten. And frankly, it was a nice little community away from soccer. It was no one that was ever in my soccer team. It was girls from my neighborhood in my elementary school. And that's just what we did. And it was something my parents were really passionate about me sticking through. And I never really understood why until I was frankly in college. And I'm just, I'm really thankful. And like I said, my mom was my troop leader and like, she never did things the conventional Girl Scout way. Like we weren't exactly the troop that would be working on like sewing buttons or doing whatever, like they taught us real life skills that I learned, like a lot of people don't have it. I wouldn't have learned if it wasn't for Girl Scouts. So like, as we got older and it kind of adapted from like the little like crafts that you might do at a random thing. Like I remember when I got to high school, we had three girls at our troop. It was me and my two best friends were my Girl Scout troop. And so it wasn't like we were big or anything. And honestly, out of those three girls, all three of us were collegiate athletes. You know, I play obviously at Iowa Another girl, Mackenzie Jones, who we've referred to a decent amount on this podcast, plays at Grand Valley right now. And my other best friend played D3 lacrosse at Trine University. And so, so obviously sports is our main priority, but it was just like life skills. So like through Girl Scouts, I learned how to change a tire. I learned how to change a fuse in my house. Like these were like just little like badges that we would make up to like learn life skills that I never would have learned. So like how to fill out taxes was like something we're like, let's just do a Girl Scout meeting on it. So like for me, it became something that I've just learned so much about. And from that point, you know, one of my mom's biggest things was she wanted me to learn how to interview and talk to people. So she would just sign me up for random stuff to go interview for, um, to be put in front of people and have to talk about things. And I remember I went to an interview for something and I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, what am I even interviewing for? And she's like, it's the board of directors. And I was like, what does that mean? And sure enough, I was interviewing to be a girl member on the board of directors of Girl Scouts of Eastern Missouri, which is a board where 25 like adults in the community, meaning like presidents of universities and CEOs of Anheuser-Busch and massive people in St. Louis, like sit and advise Girl Scouts of Eastern Missouri. And I, you know, interviewed and was selected to be the girl member. So I went to business meetings and sat in offices with CEOs of companies and communicated and talked about ideas and just learning from that perspective, like I have learned and really gotten so much of my identity through Girl Scouts and like it's way more than selling cookies. And I don't think that's what people understand. Yeah, that's incredible. I could have used some of those lifelong skills uh, in my life here. I really wish I would have learned how to change a tire before I got to college. 
got a whole story on that. Me and teammate were stranded on the side of the road with no help for hours. So that would have been really, really helpful to come in. But that's incredible. You know, that really is. And it's it's such an impressive story. And I think when people do hear it, like, it's a double take a little bit, you know, you're, you always picture kind of the little girl on the side of the the store, you know, street selling you Girl Scout cookies. But to hear the impact it had on you and how lasting it is to just hear that you're still in it is really, really impressive. And, uh, you know, that along with your book, um, you're getting married, all this other stuff that we heard about you that you've accomplished this year, you should be very, very proud. Oh, gosh. And apparently we're going to add Big Ten Champion to that list, which I don't know if I expected. I'm gonna be so honest. Like it's just, it's still. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on right now. We were staring at it earlier. I'm like, that's so annoying. That like, I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Let me start there. Second, okay. that's so annoying because where are our hats? You haven't gotten your hats yet. No, bro. No hats. Not- no shirts. Nothing. Not that's, a- that's a little tragic. I'm not gonna lie. Right? Like that looks sick. It's all white. Yeah, all white hats, gray shirts, I'm not going to lie, rocking the Big Ten soccer. You know, actually, funny story, last time we won a Big Ten championship, we didn't get the shirts either because they sent the field hockey shirts to the soccer tournament or something like that, and they realized, like, the mistake, so we didn't get them, but then they shipped our shirts, like, they shipped the shirts to Iowa City, but the issue is, like, later that week, Iowa City was hosting the field hockey tournament, and like I think Michigan won I don't know they won the field hockey tournaments and they're all like taking them out of the boxes and showing them on national tv like ah and it says Iowa or it says like big 10 women's soccer champions and so they took our shirts and so it was a whole thing so apparently shirts is a very chaotic situation I'm sure I mean I don't even know what happened with ours I think I'd assume they sent our original stuff to Penn State and then I heard a rumor I don't know don't believe me fully but I think they sent us the guys ones there's something in there I don't know if it was for our men's team because they did have a shot at the title or if they were ours and they just had the men's stuff on it if we had like two boxes of the men's either way I want my hat please that's valid that's valid Jordan just wants a victim champion hat I mean both of us we can like imagine podcasting in our dope sweatshirts plus our big time champion hats there we see that's the problem I can't match the uniform right now Exactly. I'm falling behind. We had a very, very different week than you. You went on to have three games. You got your fifth seed called. Very, very exciting. For us, we knew we were just kind of waiting for this moment. So we went off. We had our week of practice. We kind of focused on ourselves. We had a week to kind of really just reset and focus for the tournament, you know, prepare ourselves emotionally, mentally, and physically after a long season. Um, we did some team bonding. We went go-karting, which... I got robbed of a victory, let me tell you. I absolutely robbed. Um, I placed third. There's no way. I mean, I was lapping people, Sam. Lapping people. Why do I feel like there's more to this story? Like, I feel like I need some other teammates' perspectives on Jordan's robbery. We should. We should have him in. We should have Jeff come back on because he agrees. I mean, I was robbed of that victory. I disagree with whatever computers are making those decisions because I definitely won in my heart. But... You know, it was a very, it was an interesting week. It was very exciting. We are also a fifth seed. We're gonna play Ohio at DeMartin, our first game here, and then we will go on to play the winners of Harvard and Maine in a BYU bracket. It's it's just something that's still like crazy to believe. Like we're here. I don't know when November happened. That's apparently last week. I don't know. It's just it's the thing you dream of. Like like I said, I mean. Since November last year, and this is kind of the the where Iowa soccer is coming from, is we didn't even make the Big Ten tournament last year. On Halloween last year, we were training for this season. And so for us, like, it was always we wanted to be playing in November. Like, that's the goal is to be one of, like, frankly put, there's 330-something teams, Division One soccer teams in the country, and all but 64 have their season over. And there's 64 teams that are still going and still training. And all you want to do is be one of those 64. And I think, you know, we'd be remiss also for the Big Life podcast. We talk about Big Ten. A record nine Big Ten teams are in that 64. And I think one thing that, you know, both myself and Jordan need to credit ourselves of is that shows how freaking incredible the Big Ten conference is. And even, you know, we talk about next year adding in so many other great additions. Jordan was a regular season Big Ten champion. And I was a Big Ten champion tournament of those nine teams that made the Big Ten or that made the NCAA. Like that's crazy. And that I, I think I'm really excited for Big Ten to make a run this year. I think people are finally realizing how talented the Big Ten is. And it's just, it's gonna be really 
a really fun journey to follow along with. And I'm thankful for those that are on it. And I hope more people kind of pick up. And I know Iowa City is going to be buzzing that the fact that the NCAA tournament goes through Iowa City in a way. And it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And we just talk about it and the talent will just keep growing in our conference. You know, you'll hear a little bit from Allie Cook from UCLA here, our interview guest and how they're going to be joining the Big Ten. And the conference is just going to keep growing. Nine teams from one conference is absolutely insane. Um, and to have two champs in one podcast, like who would have thought, you know, like if it couldn't be us, I'm so happy it was you as a, you know, girl soccer network, Jen would say it was a carry tale, you know, it's being your last year, it's gotta be just so incredibly proud of you and proud of what we've done here and to see it all kind of come to not a closing. Cause we still got a lot of games left to play here, you know, still, but the last tournament, the last thing to check off the list we went through non-conference you went through conference you went through the big 10 tournament and now this is it like this is the last thing of the season you know and it's it's a little bit it's weird it's weird to see it all kind of come to a point here and this is this is truly it you know we lost in the big 10 tournament but our season wasn't over mm-hmm. you know and now you come around here and it's like you lose you truly are done and it's yeah it's, it's a weird thing to process but you know as we talk about it, we got two champs here. I think we'd be remiss not to mention a champion on the field in footwear, our sponsor, Ida. Absolutely. Ida Sports does so much for women's soccer and women's feet and everything that they cover. And they're champions of the game. They're championing everything that they're doing. They're pioneers. And we are so, so thankful. So check out Ida Sports for not only their footwear and everything else, but Everything they advocate for, everything that they provide, they have so much information on their website. They publicize so much different articles, and it's really just a remarkable place and a remarkable community that Ida's created, and we're so, so thankful for them for sponsoring this podcast and really helping us be our best champions. Thanks, Ida. Okay, Jordan, you said you have Ohio. You're from Ohio. I mean, that also has to be a fun little twist for you. How how are you feeling going into your first NCAA game, which, if I'm not wrong, will be played Friday at 6 p.m.? Yeah, yeah, good job. It's, you know, I mean, I'm definitely an Ohio girly, so I do know a little bit about the school. I've been there maybe once or twice, you know, but it's uh, it's really, really exciting to see that we still got the respect, you know, we felt like we deserved as a program with the five seed being able to host. I think, you know, we just move forward, you know, like this is it, like this is our season. This is what it is. Just like our principles have always been in the past. We're going to go out there and prepare to be our best on the day. And that's all there really is to it. You know, like Allie Cook said, when we feel like we're playing at our best, nobody can beat us. So that's all we we really have to do, you know, is focus on ourselves and to go out there and to give it all we got. There's nothing, nothing to save it for, you know, anymore. There's nothing left. This is it. This is the NCAA tournament. This is big time. This is as big as it gets. And you're playing for something so incredibly huge to go and hold that national title. So we got to go out there and we're going to, give it everything we have first rounds Ohio. And then, you know, we'll take the next step after that, after Friday, how are you guys feeling? What is, what's your kind of mindset going into this? Yeah. You know, it's really, we're in a unique place right now in the sense of we are coming off a massive high and that's a hard thing to kind of take, you know, like, yeah, it's great, but it's also like, there's still so much work to be done and there's such a huge opportunity in front of us. So like at one point, it's not the like, something I say about this team all the time is like, first of all, we're firing on cylinders at the right time. Apparently the one thing about Iowa soccer is we know how to get hot as the season ends. You um, hate conference play for some reason. Iowa soccer hates conference play. Hot take. Like just play like this all year. You know what? I've been saying that the whole season. It's crazy. <laughs> um. Yeah. You know, I think we finally have just tapped into what makes us special. Like, I love our group. I think we're fantastic in a lot of ways, but I would never call us the most skilled team in the world or the most technical team in the world. We don't play the prettiest soccer in the world. But the one thing we're able to do is we will do everything to win any battle. Like, we are back alley fighters. We want, you know, we joke all the time that Iowa defends with everything. We were joking about that before the pod, but like, we score one goal and we're going to, we're going to defend you and you're going to have to break us down to score one back on us. And that's just kind of been our mentality and who we are. And I think we've hit that to a new stride and a new confidence. So, I mean, after beating you, which was a great comeback win for us, 
I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Um, you go to Columbus, Ohio, which first of all, like I have to credit you've played there too. Like an incredible stadium, gorgeous facilities. And like, it's hard to not let it take your breath away a little bit and like enjoy the moment, process the moment, but also don't let the moment affect you and all of these different ways and feelings. And, you know, we go and we play number five in the country. We're the eighth seed that barely got in. We're not expected to do anything. And that's something that I think the Iowa team loves is when we don't have any expectations on us, we just play free. And I think, I don't know if it really hit me what we were going to do until about 20 minutes left in this Penn state game. And I'm like, Oh, like we're winning this game. There's no question. And game goes into overtime. And at this point, like, I'm like trying to like, I'm like, okay, what are the overtime scenarios? And like, one of the big differences is like NCAA no longer has golden goal. So it's like, no matter what you're playing for 20 minutes of overtime. And so we score five minutes in great goal. Um, Kelly McGordy just composes all heck to finish it. And one of the big thing we actually got a lot of like comments on was like, we did not really have a celebration when we scored. And a lot of people asked us, like, you guys weren't going crazy. Like everything we're like, cause we still have 15 more minutes where we had to defend y'all. Like it wasn't exactly like we could shut down and enjoy it. So you go off of that high. And the biggest thing we talked about after Thursday's game was, all right, you just beat number five in the country. You upset them to get to the big 10 championship, but that was Thursday. And how do you deal with Sunday now? Cause you have a great Wisconsin team that already beat us in a regular season um frankly it's a rematch like we said of the 2021 where we beat Penn State and then had to play Wisconsin and beat Wisconsin that year so like Wisconsin's ready to like come at us guns blazing for revenge and how do you handle that and you know there's so much adversity in that Wisconsin game if you look at it you know I will fully say I don't think it's the prettiest soccer game to ever watch but it's just two teams that are leaving it all on the line and we draw a PK about 20 minutes in and Josie Durr, seventh year, puts that away. And then five minutes later, Wisconsin gets a PK called for them and goes to VAR, gets taken back, you know. So I think, like, everything we could have done happened in this game and everything we could have gone through. And, I mean, when that final whistle blew and we won 1-0, I mean, it was just incredible. So now we're on that high, but that's also done now. And now we have Bucknell in Iowa hosting a game. And that's a new challenge. So it's just about how do you take away the high, enjoy it, process it, move on. And that's what we're on a mission to do right now. Yeah, absolutely. I would have to plug the podcast again. I mean, you faced off and you defeated Emma Jaskinik, who we had on the podcast here. But, you know, I think it's definitely maybe wasn't the prettiest soccer, but it was the most entertaining for sure. You had me on the edge of my seat. I mean, the efficiency of Iowa to have one goal on one shot in a PK and come out with the win was uh, absolutely incredible. I was a big fan of that game. I just got to be a fan and just watch, which was really fun because I haven't been able to do that in a long time being in season. But I mean, I got a little bit emotional watching you guys and watching it all. And I mean, I love the video of you on the Instagram. We'll have to like put a clip in here of you. Can we just talk about that? Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I love Iowa's media people. Matt, you're great at your job. I love what you do. Why don't change the thing? Let's put a camera on Sam Carey after everything that's happened this year and just make a 30 second montage of her sobbing and put it all over social media. And let's collaborate it with NCAA soccer too. Um, and just really everywhere, just have this ugly video. And then today we're at Carver, you know, we're at the first home opener of the Iowa women's game. We're walking in with the trophy. Sure enough, me sobbing on the Jumbotron. And I'm like, guys, we have got to stop. I don't think you should stop a thing. That was my favorite part of it. Um, just, it was a real close-up too. Just pure 30 seconds of your your tears. I was like, this is incredible. Someone deserves a raise. <laughs> um, <laughs> way to go to the media team. Absolutely unreal, unreal. And like, I mean, you got to shut it out to, you know, mentioned Emma Jaskinik, like an absolutely phenomenal player. You know, my heart in a lot of ways just like really does break for her, but offensive player of the Big Ten tournament, not an easy thing to do. And so like an absolutely remarkable player. And I'm excited to see what Wisconsin does in this tournament because it's definitely going to be a good run. Emma Jaskinik, offensive player of the tournament. But I mean, come on. We got the defensive player of the tournament right here. Sam Carey. I called it. I take all credit for this. I mean, that's like I will I think I've decided it's just you because after, you know, when I was walking back to the bus after the Michigan State game, you're like, if you're going to beat me, you have to win it all. That was your exact quote to me. 
And you mentioned fit like big 10 tournament teams too. So I think it's just Jordan Wick is over here. is just calling the shots. Hey man. I mean, people should listen to me more often. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Love to see. I'm so, so incredibly proud of you. Congratulations. I'm really jealous of those mini trophies you guys got. Um, Big 10 tournament, man. It's uh, it left a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth for sure. For me, like my mom was literally like 10, 15 minutes away from the stadium with my sister for a tournament already. Like it would have been so incredibly perfect. So I had a lot of emotions to get through on a personal level before I went and cheered for you, but I cheered and I cheered loud. And, uh, you know, like just what a carry tale, man. What a carry tale. It, it was only because it's the fifth year. So like your senior year, you can have it too. That's fine. I was um, gonna say I don't get a fifth year, so we better speed this process up. A bit. <laughs> like I will say, Jordan's text on my phone. You know, you get back to a phone after a big game, and you have so many texts and people that are just feeling love. But Jordan's like updates minute by minute, or like little texts here or there, like at a funny moment. It was it was it was prime comedy to come back to. You're welcome. I just, you know, I thought you could use a good uh, update on the game you were currently in, just in case you wanted a like a replay. I would have it there for you. You're welcome. All right. Well, Jordan, everything's incredible. We talk about winning a Big Ten tournament. So many amazing things to come with it. But winning a national championship is a whole nother beast. And our guest on this episode has done it before and is on a set journey that we're both determined to stop to do it again. So we are so, so thankful to have Allie Cook, reigning national champ for UCLA, on the pod, also a Soccer East United mentor, which we have to give a little plug for, for everything that they do there. She's absolutely remarkable, and we're so thankful that she spent some more time with us. We have a very special guest for you guys today, Miss Allie Cook, a forward from UCLA with nine goals and one assist on the season, a national champ from last year, and this year's Pac-12 champ. Welcome to the podcast, Allie. How are you doing? Thank you. Um, I'm really good. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> that is awesome. Okay. So obviously typically in an interview, we'd go chronologically. We want to hear about your story and we're going to dive into that. But I think the biggest thing mm-hmm. that, you know, Jordan and I were just talking about, and I'm sure everyone's thinking it's Monday, it's selection show Monday, a bunch of stuff just happened. You have a number one seed. Can you talk about what it was like, you know, being in the room when the one seed was announced and everything like that, that just happened a couple hours ago for you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was really exciting. Um, going into it, we were kind of guessing that's where we would end up, but you know, nothing's ever guaranteed. You never know. So it's really nice to see, but like, it doesn't mean much if you're not winning. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, cool. But like, we have to take every game super seriously. So yeah, of course. That's awesome. And I guess right away, looking at the matchup, you know, it was one of those that I immediately kind of like, oh, shoot, you know, there is yep. history between an upset with UC Irvine and UCLA. So can you talk about a little bit of like the buzz immediately? Like what's the reaction drawing Irvine too? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because we played them early this season and like we beat them 4-0, right? It was like good feeling, but then it's every in the back of everybody's mind of like, they beat us two years ago in the tournament in the exact same position. Like we were in this high seed, they were like complete underdogs. So I think there's that going into it, which, you know, with a little bit, it can be good because it's makes you really take the game seriously and not take it for granted and like look past it. Um, But I think that is a little bit of like a little extra, not stress, but it's in the back of everybody's mind for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Going a little bit backwards now, I think the questions Mm -hmm. we get asked the most are about the recruiting process and just kind of how you ended up where you are. So originally you committed to Oregon. Can you tell us Mm -hmm. a little bit about how you went through your recruiting process, what that was like and how you ended up there? Yeah, for me, trying to think. This is a while ago now. (laughs) I had always kind of been the youngest on my team. So I felt like where I was on my club team. Um, we were obviously an ECNL, uh, good competitive team. So it kind of flowed naturally where it was, there was a lot of coaches at my games. Even when I say like there was girls on my team that were two years school-wise ahead of me because of the old, how they used to do the age. So it was like by eighth grade, you know, there's like a bunch of college coaches watching already. So kind of for me by then it was like, okay, like I knew I was going to play. It was more just like where, um, and like, for me, it was like deciding, okay, what coaches or like, what are my requirements or like, what do I want from a school? Um, and kind of narrowing it down and like emailing those coaches. So for me, it was like, I want to be somewhat close to home. Not like I need to be able to drive, but I don't want to be 
flying multiple hours. Like it's a big deal that like I can go home say like for one short weekend or my parents can are able to see me. Um, so that was a big part of my decision-making. Um, and then, yeah, just finding like the coaches that fit right for you, the school that's right for you. It just made it a lot easier of like, in terms of there's so many teams, right? There's like 330 just D1 teams alone. Um, so just like narrowing it down because I think at first it can be overwhelming, um, but kind of knowing what you want um, and like being in the driver's seat is like a key thing. That's awesome. And then after a couple of years of Oregon, you obviously make the transfer to UCLA. Can you talk a little bit mm-hmm. just about that decision-making and how UCLA, you know, a familiar opponent for you at Oregon really worked out? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. Um, it was not necessarily my plans um, originally. I, but I didn't know I was going to graduate from Oregon early just going in because I had credits. And um, so it was for me, it was like before COVID even happened, it was graduate in three, do a master's in a year. So like in my four years, I could get it paid for. Right. Um, then COVID hit. So then it was like, Oh, I have five years now. Um, didn't know if I wanted to take it kind of just waiting. And then I kind of, I graduate from Oregon, got into their executive MBA program and was kind of set to do that for my fourth year. But I just was like, I didn't necessarily love everything about being there. Um, wanted to be closer to home, all these kind of like a not one factor. It's just like a multitude of things. Um, and I was like, now's the time. Like, I don't have to be here. I graduated, got my degree. Like, there's not really anything holding me back necessarily. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to like just go into the transfer portal, not knowing anything. Cause I didn't know what it was like. I'm like, is anybody even going to reach out? Like, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Um, so it was kind of a big dump of like, you're leaving all this behind, like your scholarship, your program that you're in your whole team. Um, and there's no going back. So when I decided to enter the transfer portal, it was just like talking with my parents um, and they had asked, okay, where would be like your ultimate goal schools to go to regardless of like, oh, if they're reaching out, but like maybe you reach out to those schools. Cause it's like, okay. Um, and UCLA, well, I was like, that's definitely one. And I'm like, I don't know. Like they also at this time, I think had just gotten the new I'm like my new coach. So I just didn't know. And I had an old assistant reach out to her and that's how I got in touch and yeah, talked to them, came on a visit. And basically I was like, all right, that's like, I've always dreamed of going to UCLA. So it was a very easy decision. Definitely. I think going in the transfer portal, I mean, is always a scary thing. Cause like you said, it's so uncertain. Um, where it's different from the recruiting process is that you know you're not losing anything where when you go in the transfer portal you are risking that previous you know security that you did have Um, Mm -hmm. can you give us a little bit insight of kind of like what the portal is and what it looks like you know you said you didn't know much about it what did you learn from it yeah um well I learned that they basically can see Like they have access, I mean, I guess they're obviously like in stat or what it's changed to now. They have access to like all your games, all your film. Um, So it was like, I don't need to create like any highlights or whatever. They're like, oh, yep, saw your goals. Awesome. Um, They have all your contact info and they often reach out to like your coaches. Um, And I know the girls that like from UCLA even that have entered the portal and it's kind of, oftentimes it can be like almost an immediate um, kind of flood of coaches at first, which is very, can be overwhelming because you're, you go from most people I've talked to, they go from like, oh my gosh, like what if nothing comes of this? And then all of a sudden you're in the actual portal and within two hours of being in, you might have like five coaches reaching out to you and you're like, whoa, okay, this is exciting. So it's also exciting, but kind of nerve wracking, but there's not like anything you can see in like the portal. Like you just hear, you get an email saying you're in the portal and then like coaches will just kind of like reach out to you and email you and see kind of what you're looking for. So now you're at Oregon. Um, did you know you were going to take your fifth year after you decided to transfer? Um, Mostly. Yeah, that was kind of my initial plans because I thought if I'm only staying and playing one season, then it's only like four months of being at the school. However, I did kind of as in a joke last year. I was like, oh, if we win the whole thing, like I'm going to be done. Like who doesn't want to go out on that high? And then we get there and I'm like, okay, like once we were kind of in the playoffs, I'm like, I don't want to be done here. Um, So I took that back. (laughs) 
So I did have plans of staying two years and very glad I did. All right. You alluded to it. Let's talk about it. Last year, you know, obviously you go on this great journey. You win the national championship. Let's talk about that. Like, we just want to hear everything. Yeah. Um, well, for me, it was funny because I kind of got made fun of on the team. Like, it was my first time ever making the NCAA tournament. Um, so that in itself was really exciting, being in the selection show, like that auditorium sitting there and like, wow, like our name, there was no doubt our name was getting called. Um, so that one was awesome. And then just like the intensity of playoff games there. It's so cool because I feel like when you're in just like conference play, especially in the Pac-12 and there's no tournament, you don't have the especially if you're not on a team that's winning the turn like conference there's no games that feel like this is for all the marbles right um so that was like the really cool thing about the tournament um and it was fun like so our first game we played nau and obviously the previous year before i was there that's when they lost to uci um so there was a bunch of nerves going into like first round okay yeah it's not a great team but like you saw what happened last year um so then girls were literally almost crying when we scored the first goal because it was just like such a relief and then I think from there it's just every game we kind of like experienced something different um we ended up in PKs and I think it was in the sweet 16 now I can't remember and then like overtime goal against Virginia in the lead eight um and then obviously like the final four is so cool just like the experience of being there with the four teams there's like a banquet um and all these things like I've never experienced but there was girls on my team that like had been there there was a my old roommate had been there twice before in the final four so it was weird being like along with a freshman of being like this is my first time doing all this um so I mean and then the actual championship game still like sometimes I'm like wow that really happened like we were down 2-0 with 10 minutes left and somehow came back um and yeah it was really really cool to experience all right yeah. I got you know we talk about in soccer all the time I feel like my team at least references like the soccer gods you know the things like mm-hmm. you feel like the game is in your fate like was there a moment during that game where you make this massive comeback that you just knew like we're gonna win this I think for me when we scored the triangle with what 16 seconds left I was like okay we're winning this game like from there, I mean, obviously there's a huge momentum shift once we do that. But like in my mind, whether it took scoring in overtime or PKs, like I was like, no, we've got this. Um, but I don't know if I can say before that goal that I was that that confident. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be like that's one of those things where you're down with that much time left to like really stay in it and to stay focused and then to come back and win it all. Um, I mean it's always an incredible feeling. I'm sure never experienced it before, but winning any sort of title, you know, is so euphoric to win the national title under those circumstances. I can't even imagine just like, yeah, how amazing that is. I mean, a little bit, you know, your fifth year now, and now you're winning the PAC 12 tournament this year. How -hmm. was that feeling for you? It was cool. I'm like, it was interesting because for some girls, this is their third title in four years and that like it's cool to be on a team where it's like okay yeah like it's cool to win the pack 12 but you saw last year like we didn't need to win the pack 12 to win the whole thing and like where's our main focus like obviously on the ncaa tournament uh but for me i'm like this is something like i've wanted for five years now it ended up being an interesting way we won it because it was a tie against stanford so it was a little anticlimactic with that just of like oh we tied but like yay we won um and it didn't come down to some big game of like you know but it was it's cool because I was saying I said to some of my teammates in the five years of me playing in the Pac-12 every year I had gone up um in spots in rankings of Pac-12 finish so (laughs) it felt really good to end up on top that's awesome and you know though it may not necessarily affect you you being a fifth year this was the last year of the Pac-12 in a lot of scenarios and especially with UCLA now jumping to the Big Ten, which is one of the main reasons we had to have you on the Big Life podcast. You know, what's that kind of feeling like about changing conferences and all these different things that that's going to bring? Yeah, I think obviously there's talk of that, like, wow, literally last Pac-12 game ever. Last time we're going to be playing these teams in like this kind of setting. I think it will be exciting because obviously you saw like there's a bunch of, I don't know how many Big Ten teams made the tournament, but more than the Pac-12, I'm pretty sure. Um, So it's exciting to be in a conference where it's like surrounded by 
out like such like Pac-12 is already super talented, but like even more talented um, and competitive. So I think people are excited. I mean, I don't know if I would love the traveling <laughs> aspect of it, but it is fun to be in a whole new thing. And like Big Ten has the conference tournament. That's kind of fun. Um, and like good practice for the NCAA tournament. So I feel like there's excitement around it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah we, we do keep joking that like Iowa needs to draw the like late October home game against UCLA. Like introduce y'all to some like Midwest weather real quick. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we want the opposite. <laughs> we want to go there. We want to get some tan going. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All the teams are going to be like, let's go to California in, in October, first weekend of November. Like, <laughs> that's when I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. For us, will... we found out you guys were joining kind of based on like social media and like watching our TVs. How did you guys yep. find out that you were going to be leaving the Pac-12 and coming and joining the Big Ten? I think it was kind of the same thing. Like it was announced on social media and then you get a thing from your like athletic director, like an email and we're like, yep, it's it's actually real and it's okay. Yeah. Was it ever like a conversation or like, did you, was it just like all of a sudden out of the blue? I think it was very much all of a sudden out of the blue. That's crazy. That's got to be because, I mean, it's one thing for you to join our conference because, I yeah. mean, ours are still established. Like, nobody's leaving it. But to uh -huh. join a completely new thing and just find out on social media like that, like, what were the yeah. conversations like? Were people excited, nervous, shocked? Like, what was the I think people were confused. And this was before all the other schools were kind of jumping out of the back 12 So it was like, why are we leaving? Um like what's going on. I don't understand. I'm a little confused and maybe upset, but now that all the teams have realigned conferences, then it's like, okay. And it's now like the normal, I guess. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So jumping forward to this year, obviously, you know, games start on Friday for the NCAA tournament. You have a big game against UC Irvine and looking forward mm -hmm. back to back. Like what is the goals and what is like the current like mentality within your group right now? Like aiming for that back to back and everything. Yeah. I mean, obviously win the thing, that's the ultimate goal. Um, and we've talked about it. Like you got to take each game by game. Um, and we, I mean, we're confident in the aspect of like, we know we're a good team. We play good soccer. Um, and if we play at our best, like we're like, I don't know if any team really can like play at that level. Um, so it's about bringing our best to every game to be like, no, you can't like hang with us at, for that at 90 for 90 minutes mm -hmm. um so that's kind of how we like our mindset and how we're going into it yeah is without the tournament is like there that little bit of added pressure for the you lose your out like this is kind of for all the marbles like what's your kind of approach to that mindset aspect of it yeah um I know it kind of hit me I was like these this could be my last ever soccer game. That's how I have to treat it. Um, like you just don't know what's going to happen. Like, obviously I want to play after, but it's still, you don't know. Um, so there's, and it's like my, it could be my last game at UCLA for sure. Um, so I think it adds the extra motivation and fire. Um, for me, like I am not like, I don't really like get anxious before games. So like, it's good to get myself like excited or nervous a little bit. And I think maybe that comes with the position because I think if I was a defender, it might be a very different situation. So I think it's good for me of like, okay, yeah, you got to like treat this as this could be your last game. Um, give like that that extra effort um, and be really like tenacious. So do you have like a pregame ritual that you go through or anything superstitious? No, not really. Um, not like anything particular like our game day we all there's a group of us that like go get coffee and like go on a walk um you know those kind of things but not not anything I actually like I feel like I do stuff so I'm not superstitious so maybe that's superstitious in the own way but I'm like no like you know people are like left right cleat like I'll switch it up every so often just to be like oh whatever <laughs> you just love a little chaos in your life you gotta mix it up yeah exactly yes <laughs> Sam cannot relate. No, I was like, the, the, the inner person in me is dying a little bit, but that might be the defender in me. So I think you hit the nail on yes, the head. There. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So you alluded to it. You want to continue to play. That's the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. What that's going to look like for you? Like, where, where are we leaning? Where's our heads at right now? Um, I mean, what I'm looking for right now, put my name in the draft, see how that goes. Um, 
for me, yeah, like NWSL would be the goal. And, but I'm at a point where like, I'm like, I love soccer um, and I want to continue playing it for as long as I can, if it can make me, you know, somewhat of a living. So regardless of kind of how that goes, like there's other routes too. Yeah. Maybe somewhere else, who knows? <laughs> Are you going to be graduating with your master's as well? Or your... Yes. What is... Yeah. I do have a question because when we were looking you up for this, you're a graduate student in the transformative coaching and leadership yes. program of the UCLA School of Education and Formative Studies. Mm -hmm. What is that? So it is a lot. It's basically for people that want to be in athletic, well, like what it's geared towards is like athletic administration or like actual coaches or just like kind of like leadership positions. Um, So kind of like the foundational piece that it's like started on is John Wooden, who obviously coached at UCLA and super um, remarkable coach. So a lot of their like classes are kind of based off of some of his teachings or like compare his philosophies to other coaches. So that's kind of what it's about, if that makes sense. If that gives you a little insight into what it looks like. <laughs> it does. It does for sure. So after, you know, obviously you want to keep playing for as long as possible is the goal post-career to then go into coaching. No, honestly not. <laughs> I don't think that's, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, just the, just the <laughs> masters. Yeah, the masters, and that's what matters. Yeah, exactly. Um, It allowed me to keep playing. And I did have, like, really good application to, like, a leadership position in business Um, is what I took from it Um, more so. So that's kind of how I was, like, using it. Fair enough, fair uh, enough. You were a part of... Girls Soccer Network's own mentorship program, Soccer United, which for those who are listening and do not know, it's a mentorship program where we match a college athlete with young soccer players who just want to learn from the game. As a mentor in that program, what did it mean to you? What are some of the things that you got out of the program? Well, it's been really cool. So the two girls I got paired up with are both kind of from the LA area. So I got to see both of them at this past game and I've seen them at previous games before. And it's just really cool to see, like, one, I get to, like, I've been also, like, texting them, um, get to see their success. And then they get to come watch and cheer me on. And I'm, like, it's really cool to be kind of, like, that role model for them and be somebody that you know when you were in their position, like, completely, like, look up to and be, like, wow, I want to be like them. So it's, like, a really cool like program that I got to do and have um, really appreciated just like the connection I've made with them. What is, I mean, looking at that mentorship program, what's kind of the one piece of advice you give to these girls that look up to you and kind of want to follow in your footsteps? I think for me, like, I think how I also play, it kind of like reflect a little bit, but like, just like hard work, like nobody, regardless of how like maybe you're not having the best day technically, but like nobody can take away if you're working your butt off. Um, like that's something that you can control regardless of other things. So I think when you're young, like set some goals and like really give your best effort and like set a standard for what you think is your best effort. Yeah. And also like, I think confidence is huge. And if you can continue to build that and work on that, that will take you so far. Because um, playing confident um, can be like a lights out difference for any player. All right. We did talk about it a bit. Unfortunately, your college career is starting to come to an end. Hoping You're hoping it ends in a trophy. Jordan and I, who are also both in the tournament, are hoping to stop that in some sort <laughs> of um, way. Looking back on your college experience, what is one thing you would say to that like freshman coming in that you wish you would have known? Oh, this is hard everybody's well one everybody's journey is going to look very different and that freshman year is often very very difficult and not always enjoyable um and not the way it, you want it to go um but like by the and like I feel like everybody says this so that's why I'm like oh, hesitant to say this but like literally by the end you'll be like wow that was truly something that was like so special of like an experience that you're gonna be like so grateful for the time um so just to like truly appreciate all that you have around you all the people your coaches um and the school and like the one time in your life where you're going to be around so many people so alike you 
a soul, yeah, like like you, where they're in the same stage of life, um, same interests, um, and to really like cherish the moment. That's great advice. I would definitely have to second off on that. Another question we get all the time, you know, other than the recruiting is about balance. So Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you're in the same state of life as all these girls. How do you go out about balancing, you know, being competing at the highest level, you know, in your case, but Mm -hmm. also balancing the academic portion and the social life and just being a normal college kid? Yeah, I think you have to kind of, for me, it's like a little bit easier. Some people always want to like, if you're around your soccer teammates all the time, often the topic can be soccer. And I think I get really exhausted from that. And so I try not to talk about soccer when we're not at soccer. Um, And with those people, it'll be anything else. Um, So I think that's a key thing of keeping your like soccer kind of limited to like soccer timeframe. And then I think like really planning ahead for balancing if you have a lot in school Um, and then social life, like find people from other teams so you can like be friends with them. Um, But like so it's like still similar, but like not just soccer and you get like, it's refreshing for me this year. Like I actually like am nannying for a family and I find it so refreshing because I go and drive to their house. I'm in like an actual home for a while. I'm with an eight-year-old and it's not about soccer and it's just awesome to like get that like time away from, you know, soccer and your same teammates that you've seen for the past four months straight. (laughs) No, that is, that's absolutely awesome. Uh, we just want to say thank you so much for spending your time with us. Uh, we know yeah. you're incredibly busy. We're about to get on a crazy journey through this NCAA tournament. And yes. Insights was so amazing. So thank you so much, Allie. Well, no, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much to Allie for coming on. An incredible story, an incredible person. Definitely some great advice to take there, you know, and To be a national champ, I'm so glad that you had your moment and that now me and Sam can be so determined to stop it. You know, I just, being Big Ten champs is one thing, being a national champ is a whole nother. And while you have two Big Ten champs here, hopefully at the end of this, you know, nice little endeavor we've journeyed on uh, with our podcast here, at the end of it, you'll have a national champ between the two of us. So really, really excited for this NCAA tournament moving forward. And we really appreciate Elliot for coming on and sharing her story with us. Of course, we just have to take those nuggets of wisdom that she gave us and apply it to our own lives. And it's that simple. Duh. I mean, she gave us pretty much like the secret recipe. Exactly. Exactly. Now, Jordan, big matchup on on Friday against Ohio. So happy for you. We're versing Bucknell in Iowa City on Friday as well at six. And then all roads are to carry North Carolina and I'm excited to follow along with you, man. I'm so excited. This is, this is what we play for. This is what the whole season comes down to. And uh, it's, it's real and it's big time. And uh, this is, this is the big life living it. We made it, man. Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in. I know emotions are everywhere. We're stoked. We're nervous. We're excited. I mean, I think I'm feeling everything at one time to the point where I'm not feeling anything right now. Um, I know Jordan's gone through her own stuff and she's a freaking trooper and everything that she does. And I can't wait to see her kick some butt in the tournament as well. I get to cheer for Michigan state. Now, as long as you're not playing me, I get to cheer. So it's that simple. Now, this is where the big 10 like bands together and we root for each other once, you know, we, that doesn't affect us. That's simple. Um, so I'm so excited. Tune in Friday to big games going on and we're going to keep you updated from there. Yeah. Get the dual screen going. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. Dual monitor, Iowa, Michigan State. That's what everyone needs to be sending us pictures of on Friday night. That's how you need to spend your time. Boom. DMs are open. (laughs) Thank you all and soccer on. Bye, guys.